Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. Many things we find are stripped back in Lent and even... Today, as we hear about the temptation of Jesus, we have the stripped-back version from Mark's Gospel. We don't have, um, as in Matthew and Luke's Gospel, the full story of when Jesus faces Satan and he has the questions and he comes back with the answers and all that sort of stuff. In Mark's version of Jesus' temptation in the desert, all that we hear is the Spirit drove him into the wilderness and he remained there for 40 days and he was tempted by Satan. That's all we've got to go from. But that word tempted, I wanted to just dwell on a bit because it's perizomenos in the Greek, in case you didn't know that, but that word can actually be translated either as tempted or as tested. It's the one Greek word, but can mean both things. And even in other other places in the New Testament, we find the same word is used, but in that context, the text will say it was a testing And we can think about being tested or being tempted in very different ways. If we think about temptation, we would immediately associate it with something bad, something negative. It's being tempted is being drawn towards doing something, um, but it has that connotation of doing bad stuff. Um, And as Christians, we have a word for doing bad stuff. We call it sin. So we understand temptation to be in relation to sin, to be a temptation to doing the wrong things to sinning. Being tested, on the other hand, we don't think of as a negative thing, not necessarily at all. If you're training for something, say in sport or some other discipline or something you're training and learning and growing, you would expect to be tested. You would expect kind of the training to test the limits of your abilities and then you would, you would look forward to the time when you can actually kind of put your skills to the test in, on the field or in live action, in the actual um, activity and just the same, if we're, if we're studying, you expect to face tests. Now, um, some students among us might think that um, tests are in themselves sinful, but really, if you're doing a course of study, you couldn't expect to pass or to graduate or to move forward, whatever that looks like, unless in some way your knowledge has been tested. What you've been learning needs to be tested in some way. So being tested is then a normal part of kind of growth and moving forward towards some aim, some accomplishment. Whereas temptation, we think of necessarily linked to sin. And to go kind of one step underneath this assumption, we then also believe, sometimes without noticing it, but we believe that if we experience temptation, that it's because we are sinful, or we're experiencing temptation because we're already sinning. It's actually a key message, a key lie that's included in temptation by the evil one who wants to lead us astray, that when we're beset by temptation, we're being drawn to do whatever it is we're being drawn to do, that we we fall into that lie of, I've already, you know, I've already let, let God down, I've already been led astray, I've already gone this far and I'm feeling drawn to it, so I might as well go the next step. So it's that same connotation of how we connect temptation to sin, that means that if, if we're being tempted, we already think we've gone down that kind of way. 
But to think about it for a moment, if we're expecting to be tested as, as we progress on in any other area of expertise, any other field of learning, any other skill that we're trying to develop, we expect to be tested to be able to grow and to be able to see the fruits of our growth, then why wouldn't we, if we're moving forward in the ways of God, if we're trying to grow in holiness, in virtue, um, in our relationship with God, would we not expect also to be tested in that area too? Is it not just a natural, normal part of that growth and that forward movement? And we can see there that temptation and testing are really actually the same thing. There's no wonder why the Greeks have this one word for the two things. Because temptation is just that particular form of testing. It's the testing of our will to do good. It's the testing of our relationship with God and our faith to lean into Him, even in challenging times. It's the testing of, of our faith. So how does this then relate to what we see in Jesus' temptation? As we say, there's not much in the text today to actually describe what it looked like, but we can imagine this in different ways, I think. I think the assumptions that we have behind that word of temptation can affect the way that we imagine it. Because we can imagine Jesus' temptation as happening like this, that, you know, Jesus is the Son of God, yeah? He's, he's all holy and he can't sin, so therefore he waltzes out into the desert, takes the 40 days of fasting on the chin, because, you know, he can take it. Um, he waltzes right up to the devil and says, come on, give me your best shot. And he throws every challenge at him, you know, confuses him in this way and gives him this riddle and offers him this riches and this glory. And Jesus is just, he's got an answer for everything. He's just, yeah, no, nah, none of that. I don't want any of that. No, nah, I'm going to worship the Lord. All that, Jesus is just above it all, in a sense. And then Satan goes away, runs away with his tail between his legs and the angels rock up and Jesus has his victory party with them. But I think this kind of image of Jesus' temptation comes from this assumption we have of what temptation really is about. Because if, if temptation happens to us because we're sinful or because we're already sinning, then Jesus isn't really going to be affected by temptation at all because he is without sin, he is perfectly holy. So therefore, what does it look like for Jesus to be in temptation? Well, he's not really going to be affected by it. He's not really going to be actually challenged by it very much. He can just kind of take it all in his stride. But I don't think I find much solace in this image of Jesus when I know the real struggle of temptation that I face in my heart. Maybe you'd feel the same, that when we really wrestle with our weakness in those moments of temptation, that there's not much comfort to be found in this image of Jesus who's just kind of de detached and can go with it all, you know? So we can also then think of the temptation of Jesus in another way. We can imagine it that Jesus is actually challenged to his core by these temptations that are put before him. Uh, and a, a simple way of imagining that is that this is a man who's been in the desert for 40 days. A temptation to food or drink would be pressing into like his, his stomach and his lips would be crying out for any drip of water or any morsel of food. And that would be a temptation that actually really hurts him, that really touches him. And he would actually be wrestling with his weakness and his fragility as a human being. 
And this is an image I think we can take a bit more comfort from when we find ourselves faced with temptation, when we see temptation at its thickest, its most fierce, when this comfort or this pleasure or this bit of control or this escape that's before us seems so real and so tangible, so within our grasp, but the promises of God might seem so faint and so distant from us that it's so hard to stay the course. And we can realize that Jesus is tempted in every way that we are. It says in the letter of the Hebrews, he is tempted in every way we are. Yet he did not sin. Even in facing that wrestling with that weakness within his humanity, he faced temptation in that real struggle and the pain of it, just as we do. But he was able to keep his, keep his will towards God. He did not sin. He never gave in. He never turned away from the promises of God. And he trusted and he held to faith. And therefore, there's the grace on offer for us in that place. The grace from Jesus who knows what it's like, who's been there and who has still turned back to God in the face of the intensity of that temptation. The intensity of the temptation that would make him cry out, Father, let this cup pass from me. But he still has the grace to say, not my will, but your will be done. And so we can rest on his grace in those struggling moments of temptation. And there's one more image that we have from the scriptures of, of this accompaniment that Jesus is really with us in our temptations. And it's from the book of Daniel, we hear about three young men, three young men from Israel, and they're living in a foreign land. They've been captured and taken away from the land, taken away from Jerusalem, serving a foreign king. And the king says that everybody in the kingdom must bow down before this statue that the king has made of himself. And being faithful to God, these young men refused to bow down before this statue because they will worship no one but their God, the God of Israel. And it would be very simple for them to just do so and save their lives because their reward for sticking to the God of Israel, to not bowing down before this statue, is that they're going to be put to death. They're bound and they're thrown into a furnace. But then as the king and his servants watch these three men in the furnace, they don't see them bound and writhing around and being burnt, but they see them walking around and praising God. But they actually see four men now inside the fire. And the fourth one who has appeared with them appears as a son of God. So while our temptations can seem so fierce at times that, that it's a, f a fiery furnace that's, that's going to consume us, that there's no way out of, Jesus is there in the furnace with us, giving us the grace to still turn towards God, to still trust in him to still praise him in that place. He is there among the flames with us and he gives us the grace to withstand and the grace to still believe and trust in God and walk with him. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.